today we will be reading Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone by J.K. Rowling. Oh, and the reason why we haven't been recording is, um, we've just been busy. First of all, we took a road trip, and then we lost the Harry Potter book. Take it away, Sam. Okay, Phil. Continuation of Book 1, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Chapter Diagon Alley. Continuation of that chapter. Can we buy can we buy all this all this in London? Harry wondered aloud. If you know where to go, said Hagrid. Harry had never been to London before. Although Hagrid seemed to know where he was going, he was obviously not used to getting there in an ordinary way. He got stuck in the ticket barrier on the underground and complained loudly that the seats were too small and the trains were too slow. I don't know how the muggles I don't know how the muggles manage without magic. He said as they climbed a broken down escalator that led up to a bustling road lined with shops. Hagrid was so huge that, that he parted the crowd easily. All Harry had to do was stick, keep close behind him. They passed bookshops and music stores, hamburger restaurants, and cinemas, but nowhere that looked as if it could sell you a magic wand. This was just an ordinary street full of ordinary people. Could there really be piles of wizard gold buried miles beneath them? Were there really shops that sold cell, cell books and broomsticks? Might all this not be some huge joke that the Dursleys had cooked up? If Harry hadn't known the Dursleys had no sense of humor, he might have thought so. And somehow, even though everything Hagrid had told him was so far unbelievable, Harry couldn't help trusting him. This is it, said Hagrid, coming to a halt. Like your cauldron. It's a famous place. It was a tiny, grubby-looking pub. If Hagrid hadn't pointed it out, Harry wouldn't have noticed it was there before. It was there. The people hurrying by didn't glance at it. Their eyes slid from a big bookshop on one side to, to the record shop on the other, if they could. As if they couldn't see the leaf children after all. In fact, Harry had the most peculiar feeling that only he and Hagrid could see it. Before he could mention this, Hagrid had screwed him inside. For a famous place, it was very dark and shabby. A few old women were sitting in a corner drinking tiny glasses of sherry. One of them was smoking a long pipe. Yes? What sherry? I know it's probably some sort of alcoholic. It is an alcoholic beverage. Okay. Anyways. Oh, and also, another thing. If you don't want to spoil or skip this, the muggles cannot see it. Actually, everyone knows the muggles can't see it. That was already implied a few minutes ago. Yeah. In fact, Harry had the most peculiar feeling that only he and Hagrid could see it. Before he could mention this, Hagrid said, Oh, wait, a few old women were drinking. We're sitting in a corner drinking. Oh, one of them was. Oh, a little man in the top hat was talking to the old bartender who was quite bold and looked like a toothless walnut. The low buzz of chatter stopped when they walked in. Everyone seemed to know Hagrid. They waved and smiled at him, and the bartender reached for a glass, saying, The usual Hagrid? Can't, Tom. I'm on Hogwarts business, said Hagrid, clapping his great hand on Harry's shoulder and making Harry's knees buckle. Good lord, said the bartender, peering at Harry. Is this, can this be? The leaky cauldron had suddenly gone completely still and silent. Bless my soul, whimpered the old bartender. Harry Potter, what an honor. 
He hurried from behind the bar, rushed towards Harry, and seized his hand, tears in his eyes. Welcome back, Mr. Potter. Welcome back. Harry didn't know what to say. Everyone was looking at him. The old woman with a pipe, pipe was puffing on it without realizing it had gone out. Hagrid was beaming. Then there was a great scraping of chairs, and the next moment Harry found himself shaking hands with everyone in the leaky cauldron. Doris Crockford, Mr. Potter. Mr. Potter, can't believe I'm meeting you at last. So proud, Mr. Potter. I ju I'm just so proud. Always wanted to shake your hand. I'm all of a flutter. Delighted. Mr. Potter, can't tell you, Diggle's the name, deadliest Diggle. I've seen I've seen you before, as, as deadliest Diggle's top hat, hat fell off in his excitement. You bowed to me once in a shop. He remembers, said De deadliest Diggle, looking at everyone. Did you hear that? He remembers me. Harry shook hands again and again. Doris Crockford kept coming back for more. A pale young man made his way forward, very nervously. One of his eyes twitching. Professor Quirrell, said Hagrid. Professor Quirrell, said Hagrid. Harry, Professor Quirrell. Harry, Professor Quirrell will be one of your teachers at Hogwarts. Potter, stammered Professor Quirrell as he grasping Harry's grasping Harry's hand. Of magic do you, what sort of magic do you teach, Professor Quirrell? Defense against the defense against the dark arts, muttered Professor Quirrell, as though he'd rather not think about it. Not that you didn't need it, eh, Potter? You'll be getting all your equipment, I suppose. I've got to terrified at the very thought. But the others wouldn't let Professor Quirrell keep Harry to himself. It took almost ten minutes to get away from them all. As at last Hagrid managed to make himself heard over the babble. Must get on, lots to buy. Come on, Harry come on, Harry. Doris Crockford shook Harry's hand one last time, and Hagrid led them through the bar out into a small walled courtyard, where there was nothing but a trash can and a few weeds. Hagrid grinned at Harry. Told ya, didn't I? Told ya you, you was famous. Even Professor Quirrell was trembling to meet ya. Mind you, he's usually trembling. Is he always nervous? Oh yeah, poor bloke. Brilliant mind. He was fine while he was studying out of books. But then he took a year off to get some first-hand experience. They say he met vampires in the Black Forest and there was a... And there was a nasty bit of trouble with the hag. Never been the same since. I'm scared of the students. Scared of his own subject now. Where's my umbrella? Vampires? Hags? Harry's head was swimming. Hagrid, meaning... Hagrid, meanwhile, was counting bricks in the wall above the trash can. Three up, two across, he muttered. Right, stand back, Harry. He tapped the wall three times with the point of his umbrella. The brick had touched. He had touched quivered. It, it wriggled. 
In the middle, a small hole appeared. It appeared. It grew wider and wider. A second later, they were facing an archway large enough even for Harry Hagrid to Hag an archway even large enough for Hagrid. An archway onto a cobbled street that twisted and turned out of sight. Welcome, said Hagrid, to Diagon Alley. Okay. Welcome, said Hagrid, to Diagon Alley. Uh, he grinned at Hagrid's Harry's amazement. They stepped through the archway. Harry looked quickly over his so shoulder and saw the archway shrink in inst instantly back into the solid wall. The sun shone. Yes, what is it? Oh, um, why can't it just be an archway? Like, it can't always be open because if a muggle happens to wander in. But a muggle can't because it's probably some other store to a muggle. Yeah, I know, but a muggle would probably wander into that store. Oh, so, like, let's just say it's a closed-down store. I know, then wouldn't a muggle want to demolish it or such? But well, no. Phil, I think it's pretty much... Oh. Well, Phil, I think it's pretty much a, uh, a kind of store... Like, I think to a muggle, what a muggle would see is just an a empty lot. I think they would probably see... Like, uh, like, they would probably just see a, an old lot. Yeah. And a brick wall. I think they would probably see a rundown old house or a brick wall or something like that. I don't know what they would see. Okay, yeah. Let's just continue. The sun shone brightly. Oh. He grinned at Harry's amazement. They stepped through the archway. Harry looked quickly over his shoulder and saw the archway shrink instantly back into the solid wall. The sun, the sun shone brightly on a stack of cauldrons outside the nearest shop. Cauldrons, all sizes, copper, brass, pu pewter, silver, self-stirring, collapsibles to the sign hanging over them. Yeah, you'll be needing one, said Hagrid. But we gotta get your money first. Harry wished he had about eight more, eight more eyes. He turned his head in every direction as they walked up the street, trying to look at everything at once. The shops, the things outside, them, the people doing their shopping, a plump woman outside the apothecary. What's was, an apothecary? I have no idea. Okay. Was shaking her head as they passed, saying, Dragon Lizard! Wait, what did she say? Dragon liver, 17 sickles, and else they're mad. No, like, no, she said, she actually, if you couldn't, viewers, if you couldn't understand that, dragon liver, 17 sickles, and ounce they're mad. As in, like, she's complaining. Oh. A low, soft hooting noise came from a dark shop with a sign saying, Elo, Elo. Elops Owl Emporium. Tawny, Screech, Barn, Brown, and Snowy. Several boys about Harry's age had their noses pressed against the windows with broomsticks in it. Look, Harry heard one of them say, the new Nimbus 2000, fastest ever. There were shops selling robes, shops selling telescopes, and strange silver instruments Harry had never seen before. Oh, um, yes. spoiler alert? Viewers, please skip through this. Um, if you want to. So, um, those, those silver, those weird silver instruments, they appear a few more times in the books when Harry goes into Dumbledore's office. 
There are those weird silver instruments. I have no idea what they are. They're probably like, they probably measure magic amounts in the air or something. I'm not sure of it. Like, like, uh, like I mean, they may just be like chronometers and. No, no, no. In in one of the later books, I believe book six, um, it said that they were puffing out steam or something like that. Yeah, I know. They're probably like chronometers, like. Or not like chronometers. chronometers. What are chronometers? Chronometers are clocks, but like I don't know, like a like like a thermometer or some or some other of those weird devices. Like you know. Okay. Yeah. So you can continue, Sam. Um. Yeah. Okay. Several boys about Harry's age. Oh. Uh, there were shops selling robes, shops selling telescopes, and strange silver instruments Harry had never seen before. Yes. Uh, Come on, Sam. Uh, wait, wait, just a second. I have to find oh, where I was. Okay. Uh, um, in the mid two thousand, uh, Harry, several boys were about Harry's age. Harry's oh, and also, um, the Nimbus two thousand comes back later. Up, oh, skip. This is is a spoiler. Um, Harry gets it when he goes to the Quidditch team. So that's two spoilers. Okay. But this um, is all in this book. That look, look. That Harry heard one of them say, The new Nimbus 2000, fastest ever. There were shops selling robes, shops selling, oh, so, uh, Harry had never seen before. Windows stacked with barrels of bat spleens and eels' eyes. Ew. Tottering piles of spell books, quills, and rolls of parchment, potion bottles, globes of the moon. Globes of the moon. said Hagrid. They had reached the snowy white building that towered over the other little shops. Standing beside its burnished bronze Oh, and floor, also, um, if you didn't know this, Diagon Alley is also a, a place with tons of apartments and hotels. So, um, the rooms above Diagon Alley are apartments. And hotels. Yeah. Well, actually, they're actually all apartments unless it's a hotel, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much that's what Diagon Alley is. Hotels, shops, and... Apartments. And yeah, um, mostly apartments. Um, anyways, let's con- let us continue. Gringotts, said Hagrid. They had reached a snowy white building that towered over the other little shops. Standing beside its burnished bronze doors, where a uniform of scarlet and gold was... Yeah, that's a goblin, said Hagrid. Quietly, as they walked up the white stone steps towards him, the goblin was about a head shorter than Harry. He had a swarthy, clever face, a pointed beard, and Harry noticed very long fingers and feet. He bowed as they walked inside. Now there's a second pair of doors, silver this time, with words engraved upon them. Gringotts said, "Hagrid." They had reached a snowy white building that towered over the other little shops. Standing beside its burnished bronze doors, wearing a uniform of scarlet and gold, was... Yeah, that's a goblin. Survivor slightly as they walked up the white stone steps towards him. The goblin was about a head shorter than Harry. He had a swarthy, clever face, point, a pointed beard, and Harry noticed very long fingers and feet. He bowed as they walked inside. Now they were facing a second pair of doors. Silver this time with wars engraved upon them. Enter stranger, but enter stranger, but take heed of what awaits the sin of greed. For those who take but do not earn must pay most dearly in their turn. So if you seek, 
being cursed towards a treasure that was never yours, thief, you have been warned, beware of finding more than treasure there. Like I said, you'd be mad to rob it, to try and rob it, said Hagrid. A pair of goblins bowed them through the silver doors, and they were in a vast marble hall. About a hundred more goblins were sitting on high stools behind a long counter, scribbling in large ledgers, weighing coins in brass scales, examining precious stones through eyeglasses. There were too many doors to count leading off the hall, and yet more goblins were showing people in and out of these. Haggard and Harry made for the counter. Warning, said Haggard to the three goblins. We've come to take some money out of Mr. Potter's, Mr. Harry Potter's safe. You have his keys, sir. Got it somewhere, said Hagrid, and he started emptying his pockets onto the counter, scattering a handful of moldy dog biscuits over the goblin's book of numbers. The goblin wrinkled his nose. Harry watched the goblin on their right, weighing a pile of rubies as big as glowing coals. Got it, said Hagrid at last, holding up a tiny golden key. The goblin looked at it closely. That seems to be an order. And I also got a letter here from Professor Dumbledore, said Hagrid importantly, throwing out his chest. It's about the you-know-what in Vault 713. The goblin read the letter carefully. Very well, he said, handing it back to Hagrid. I will have someone take you down to both vaults. Wait, why did you say very well, he said, handing it back to Hagrid. I will have someone take you down to both vaults. Griphook. Oh. Griphook was yet another goblin. Once Hagrid had crammed all the dog baskets back inside his pockets, and he and Harry followed Griphook towards one of the doors leading off the hall. What's the you-know-what in Vault 713, Harry asked. Asked. Can't tell you that, said Hagrid mysteriously. Very secret Hogwarts business. Dumbledore's trusting me more than my job's worth telling you that. Griphook held the door open for them. Harry, who had expected more marble, was surprised. They were in a narrow stone passageway lit with flaming torches. Oh, it sloped um... steeply downward, and there were little railway tracks on the floor. Yes. Oh. It's a spoiler. Um, there are dragons in. That's not really a spoiler because you read it on a news article, right, Phil? I didn't. It's actually a book. Six books. Well, that was also included there, but there were there was also a news article about the stuff that lived down in uh in. An article on the internet about what lives down here in the Gringotts in the Gringotts vault. Yeah. Mm, there's also a lot of other stuff. Yeah, but you can continue. Thank you. Griphook held the uh, Griphook held the door open for them. Harry, who had expected, oh, that. Griphook whistled and a small cart came hurtling hurtling up the tracks towards them. They climbed in. Haggard with some difficulty, and we're off. At first, they just hurtled through a maze of twisting passages. Harry tried to remember left, right, left, left, right, right, left, middle, fourth, right, left, but it was impossible. The rattling cart seemed to know its own way because Griphook wasn't steering. 
Jerry's eyes stung as the cold air rushed past them, but he kept them wide open. Once he thought he saw a burst of fire at the end of the passageway. Just around to see if it was a dragon, but too late, they plunged even deeper past them into the underground lake, where huge stalactites and stalagmites grew from the ceiling and floor. I never know, Harry called to Hagrid over the noise of the cart. What's the difference between a stalagmite and a stalactite? Stalagmite's got an M in it, and don't ask me questions now. I think I'm going to be sick. He looked very green, and when the cart stopped at last beside a small door in the passage wall, Hagrid got out and, and had to lean against the wall to stop his knees from trembling. Griphook unlocked the door. A lot of green smoke came billowing out, and, it, and as it cleared, Harry gasped. Inside were mounds of gold coins, columns of silver, heaps of little brown nuts. All yours, smiled Hagrid. All Harry's. It was incredible. The Dursleys couldn't have known about this, or they'd have it from him faster than, than blinking. How often had they complained Harry cost them so much to keep? And all the time there had been a small fortune belonging to him, buried deep under London. Hagrid helped Harry pile some of it into a bag. The gold ones are galleons, he explained. 17 silver sickles to a galleon and 29 nuts to a sickle. It's easy enough. Right, that should be enough for a couple of terms. We'll keep the rest safe for you. He turned to Griffith. Vault 713. Now, please. Now, please. And can we go more slowly? One speed only. They were going even deeper now and gathering speed. The air seemed to become colder and colder as they hurtled around tight corners. They were rattling over an underground ravine, and Harry leaned over the side to try to see what was at the dark bottom, but Hagrid groaned and pulled him back by the scruff of his neck. Vault 713 had no gold keyhole. Stand back, said Griffith importantly. He stroked the door gently with one of his long fingers, and it simply melted away. If anyone but a Gringotts goblin tried that, they'd be sucked through the door and trapped in there, said Griffith. How often do you check and see if everyone, anyone's inside? Harry asked. About once every ten years, said Griffith with a rather nasty grin. Something really extraordinary had to be inside this top security vault, and Harry was sure as he leaned forward eagerly, expecting to see fabulous jewels at the very least. But at first he thought it was empty. Then he noticed a grubby little package wrapped up in a brown paper in brown paper lying on the floor. Hagrid picked it up, tucked it deep inside of his coat, and Harry longed to know what it was, but knew oh. better than to ask. Spoiler alert. Yeah, perfect. We don't want the whole book to be spoiled. Those were the... Uh, 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 uh. We can't spoil it to our viewers. No, that was the Sorcerer's Stone. Thank you for spoiling. I told them they could skip if they wanted to. One wild cart ride later. Come back in this infernal cart. Oh, wait. Hagrid picked it up. Harry longed to know what it was, but knew better than to ask. Come on back in this infernal cart, and don't talk to me on the way back. It's best if I keep my mouth shut. 
said Hagrid. One wild cart ride later, they stood blinking in the sunlight outside, of Gring outside Gringotts. Harry didn't know where to run first now that he had a bag full of money. He didn't have to know how many galleons there were to a pound, but he knew that he was holding more money than he'd ever had in his whole life. More money than even Dudley had ever had. Might as well get your uniform, said Hagrid, nodding towards Madame Malkin's robes for all occasions. Listen, Harry, would you mind if I slipped off for a pick-me-up at the Leaky Cauldron? I hate them Gringotts carts. He did still look a bit sick. So Harry entered Madame Malkin's shop alone, feeling nervous. Madame Malkin was a small, a squat, smiling witch dressed all in mauve. Hogwarts, dear, she said when Harry started to speak. Got the lot here. Wait, sorry. Hogwarts, dear, she said when Harry started to speak. Got the lot here. Another young man being fitted up just now, in fact. In the back of the shop, a boy with a pale, pointed face was standing on the footstool while a second witch pinned up his long black robe. Spoiler. No spoilers. This 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 should be to let the viewers actually learn themselves. Can we just let the viewers do this one themselves? No, okay. okay. Spoiler. Skip this one if you don't want to know. Skip Harry's this. Is, this is the worst spoiler ever, people. Skip it. Um, actually, it's not because this is going to be revealed a bit later. Mm -hmm. Draco Malfoy, <laughs> Harry's arch enemy. In the back of the shop, a boy with the pale pointed face was standing on a footstool while a second witch pinned up his long black robes. Madame Malkin stood Harry on a stool next to him, slipped a long robe over his head, and began to pin it to the right leg. Hello, said the boy. Hogwarts too. Yes, said Harry. My father's next door buying my books, and my mother's up in the, up the street looking for wands. He had a bored, drawling voice. I'm going to drag them off to look at the racing grounds. I don't see why first years can't have their own. I think I'll bull his father into getting me one and I'll smuggle it in somehow. Harry was strongly reminded of Dudley. Have you have have you got your own have you got your own broom? The boy went on. No, said Harry. Play Quidditch and all No, said Harry again, wondering what on earth Quidditch could be. I do. Father says it's a crime if I'm not played to pick to play for my own, my house, and I must say I agree. Know what house you'll be in yet? No, said Harry, feeling more stupid by the minute. Well, no one knows. Well, no one really knows until they get there, do they? But I know I'll be in Slytherin. All of our all our family have been. Imagine being in Hufflepuff. I think I'd leave, wouldn't you? Hmm, said Harry, wishing he could say something a bit more interesting. I say, look at that man, said the boy, suddenly nodding towards the front window. Hagrid was standing there, grinning at Harry and pointing two large ice creams to show that he couldn't come in. That's Hagrid, said Harry, pleased to know something the boy didn't. He works at Hogwarts. Uh, he's the gamekeeper. Oh, oh wait, sorry. I, oh, said the boy. I've heard of him. He's sort of a servant, isn't he? He's the gamekeeper, said Harry. He was liking the boy less and less every second. Yes, it, 
Exactly, I've turned some sort of savage. Losing a hut on a school ground, and every now and then he gets drunk, tries to do magic, and ends up setting fire to his dad. I think he's brilliant, said Harry, coldly. Do you? said the boy with just slight care. Why, is he with you? Where are your parents? They're dead, said Harry shortly. He didn't feel like much going into the matter with this boy. I'm sorry, said the other, not sounding all well. Sorry at all. But they were our kind, weren't they? They were a witch and wizard, if that's what you mean. I really don't think they should let the other sort in, do you? But that's not the same. They've never been brought up to know our ways. Some of them have never even heard of Hogwarts until they get their letter. They get the letter. Imagine. I think they should keep it in and in the old wizarding families. What's your surname anyway? But before Harry could answer, Madame Malcolm said, That's... That's you... Madame Malcolm said, That's you done, my dear. And Harry, not sorry for an excuse to stop talking to the boy, hopped down from the footstool. Well, I'll see you at Hogwarts, I suppose, said the drawling boy. Harry was rather quiet as he ate the ice cream Hagrid had brought him. Chocolate raspberry with chopped nuts. That sounds gross. Chocolate ice cream with what? Chocolate ice cream with, and chocolate and raspberry with chopped nuts. Chocolate, yeah, that does doesn't sound like a yummy flavor. <laughs> it's also it's also a tongue twister. Mm, I don't know. Chocolate raspberry is not a delicious flavor, and chopped nuts. I don't like chopped nuts. Anymore. I prefer raspberry at the bent spoon. Yes. Anyways, watch up, said Hagrid. Nothing. Harry lied. They stopped to buy parchment and quills. He cheated up a bit when he found a bottle of ink that changed colors he wrote. When they had left the shop, he said, Hagrid, what's Quidditch? When they left the shop, he said, Hagrid, what's Quidditch? Blimey, Harry, I keep forgetting how little you know, not knowing about Quidditch. Don't make me feel worse, said Harry. He told Hag He told Hagrid about the pale boy and Madame Malkins. And he said people from Muggle families shouldn't even be allowed in. You're not from a muggle family. If he'd known who you were, he he's grown up knowing your name. His parents are wizarding folk. You saw what everyone in the leaky cauldron was like when they saw you. Anyways, what does he know about it? Some of the best I ever saw were the only ones with mag magic in them. In a long line of muggles. Look at your mom. Look what she has for a sister. So what is Quidditch? It's our sport, wizard sport. It's like soccer in the muggle world. Everyone follows Quidditch. Played up in the arm broomstick and there's four balls. Sort of hard to explain. So rolls. I think that's a typo because there are three balls. Uh, there's actually seven balls in total. Yeah, I mean, but, you know. Anyways. <laughs> and what are Slytherin and Hufflepuff? Schoolhouse is their sport. Everyone says Hufflepuff are a lot of duffers, but I bet I'm in Hufflepuff, said Harry gloomily. Better Hufflepuff than Slytherin, said Hagrid darkly. There's not a single wizard, witch or wizard who went bad that wasn't in Slytherin. You know who was one. Bull. Sorry, you know who was at Hogwarts? Years and years ago. They bought Harry's school books in a shop called Flourish and Blocks where the shelves were stacked 
is a ceiling with books as large as paving stones bound in leather, books the size of postage stamps, co and covers of silk. Books of peculiar symbols and a few books with nothing in them at all. Even Dudley, who had never read any anything, was wild to get his hands on some of these. Hagrid almost had to drag Harry away from cursed and counter curses. Bewitch your friends and befuddle your enemies with the latest revenges. Hair loss, jelly legs, tongue tying, and much, much more by Professor Vindictus Viridian. I was finding out how to curse Dudley. I'm not saying that's a good idea, but you're not supposed to use magic in the muggle world, except in very special circumstances, said Hagrid. And anyways, you couldn't work any of them curses yet. You need a lot more study before you could get to that level. Hagrid wouldn't let Harry buy a solid old cauldron, either. It says two, so on your list. But they had a nice scale set of scales for weighing potion ingredients in a colossal brass telescope. Then they visited the apothecary, which was fascinating. Uh, folks, just so you know, if you don't know what an apothecary is, an apothecary is actually a, uh, a type of store where you buy medicine, like an oldie time store where you buy medicine, but in this case they're using it as a potion store for potion ingredients. Yeah, many of those which potions. Was, which was fascinating enough to make up for its horrible smell, a mixture of bad eggs and rotten cabbages. <laughs> Barrels of slimy stuff stood on the floor, jars of herbs, dried roots, and bright powders lined the walls. Bundles of feathers strings of fangs and gnarled claws hung from the ceiling. While Hagrid asked the man behind the counter for a supply of some basic potion ingredients for Harry, Harry himself examined silver unicorn horns at 21 galleons each and a minuscule glittery black beetles five nuts a scoop. Minuscule glittery black beetles eyes five nuts a scoop. Outside the apothecary, Harry checked the list again. Hagrid checked Harry's list again. Just your wand left. Oh yeah, and I, and I still haven't got your birth, your birthday present. I felt themselves go red. You <coughs> don't have to. I know I don't have to. Oh, yeah. Tell you what, I'll get your animal. Not, not a toad. Toads were out of fashion years ago. You'd be laughed at. And I don't like cats. They make me sneeze. I'll get you an owl. All the kids want owls. They're dead useful. Carry your mail and everything. Twenty minutes later, they let left Elos. Owl Emporium, which had been dark and full of rustling, flickering, jewel-bright eyes. Harry now carried a large cage that... Harry... Now carried he was a... Carry... Yeah. You had beautiful... Harry now carried a large cage that held a beautiful stone... Oh, 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 um, spoiler, this is going to come in just a second, but the owl was had to wait. Yes, yes it is. A beautiful snowy owl fast asleep with her head under her wing. He couldn't stop stammering his thanks, sounding just like Professor Pearl. Don't mention it, said Hagrid gruffly. Don't expect you've had a lot of presents from the Dursleys. Just all the vanders left now. Only plate for one. Gary now carried oh, a fast asleep. He couldn't stop stammering his Don't mention it, said Hagrid gruffly. Don't expect you've had a lot of presents from them Dursleys. Just Ollivanders left now. Only place for wands. Ollivanders, and you gotta have the best wand. A magic wand. This was what Harry had been really looking forward to. The last stop was the last shop was narrow and shabby. 
Chevy. Teal and gold letters over the door read, All of Anus, makers of fine wands since 382 BC. A single wand lay on a faded purple cushion in the dusty window. A tingling bell ran somewhere, rang somewhere in the depths of the shop as they stepped inside. It was a tiny place, except for empty except for a single spindly chair that Hagrid sat on to wait. Harry felt as though he had entered a very strict library. He swallowed a lot of new questions that had just occurred to him, and looked instead at thousands of narrow boxes piled, piled neatly up to the, right up to the ceiling. For some reason, the back of his neck prickled. The very dust and silence in here seemed to tingle with some secret magic. Good afternoon, said a small voice. Here you go. Hagrid must have jumped too because there was a loud crunching noise, and he quickly got off the spinning chair. An old man was standing before them, his wide, pale eyes shining like moons through the gloom of the shop. Hello, said Harry awkwardly. Ah, uh, yes, said the man. Yes, yes, I thought I'd be seeing you soon, Harry Potter. Did Timmy already read the part with Ollivander? No, he didn't. We read that when the battery died, remember? Um, and just just let me read. Harry wished he could blink. Those silvery eyes were a bit creepy. Oh wait, sorry. Uh wasn't a question. Yes, yes. I thought I'd see you soon, Harry Potter. It wasn't a question. You have your mother's eyes. It seems only yesterday she was in here yet herself buying her first wand. Ten and a quarter inches long, swishy, made of willow. Nice wand for charm work. Mr. Ollivander moved closer to Harry. Harry wished he could blink. Those silvery eyes were a bit creepy. Your father, on the other hand, favored a mahogany wand. Eleven inches, pliable, a little bit more power, and excellent for transfiguration. Well, I say your father favored it. It was the wand. It's really the wand that she's the visitor called. Mr. Ollivander had done had got come so close to Harry that his eyes that they were almost nose to nose. Harry could see himself reflected in those misty eyes. And that's where Mr. Alexander touched the lightning star in Harry's forehead with a long white finger. I'm so sorry to say I sold a wand, he said softly. Thirteen and a half inches. You. Powerful wand. Very powerful. And in the wrong hands. Well, if I'd known what had happened, what, what that wand was going out in the world to do. He shook his head and then to Harry's relief spotted Hagrid. Rubius. Rubius Hagrid. How nice to see you again. Oh, Christine, you had to bend me, wasn't it? It was, sir, yes, said Hagrid. Good one, that one, but I suppose I had snuck it in half when you got expelled. Did Mr. Ollivander suddenly stern? Er, yes, they did, yes, said Hagrid, shuffling his feet. I've still got the pieces, though, he added brightly. But you lose them, said Mr. Ollivander softly. Oh, no, no, sir, said Hagrid quickly. Harry noticed he gripped his pink umbrella very tightly as he spoke. Hmm, said Mr. Ollivander, giving Hagrid a piercing look. Well, now, Mr. Potter, let's see. He pulled a long measuring tape measure, tape measure with lo- with silver markings out of his pocket. Which is your- Er, uh, well, I'm right-handed, said Harry. Hold out your arm, that's it. He measured Harry's from shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to finger, wrist to elbow, shoulder to floor, knee to armpit, and round his head. As he measured, he said- Every Ollivander wand has a core of powerful magical substance, Mr. Potter. We use unicorn hairs, phoenix tail feathers, and hot strings of dragons. 
No two World of Ender ones are just the, are the same. Just as no two Unicorns, Dragons, or Phoenixes are quite the same. And oh, um, of course, also, you will never get such good results with another Wizard's Wand. Um, yes. I also read this on a Harry Potter website. Do you okay. know where Ollivander gets his ingredients? Where? Listeners, guess where? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. Okay. It is the apothecary. No, he does not. Why? Would he go picking them himself? Yeah, he probably does. Or he has some people, he pays people to pick it, he pays people to get those. I'm guessing he's buying them. He buys them from from large retailers. He probably buys them from retailers. I know, I told you, the apothecary. He doesn't buy them from the apothecary, though. Probably does. Mr. Ollivander, let's split out. Oh, sorry. No two Ollivander ones are quite the same. Just no two unicorns, dragon ball phoenixes are quite the same. Oh, wait, I read it. Harry suddenly realized that the key between his nostrils was doing this on its own. Mr. Ollivander was flitting around the shelves, taking down boxes. We will do, he said, and the tape measure crumpled into a heap on the floor. Right then, Mr. Potter tried this one. Deep wooden dragon hut that is nine inches nice and flexible. Just take it and give it away. Harry took the wand and, feeling foolish, waved it around a bit, but Mr. Ollivander snatched it out of his hand almost at once. He told the Phoenix about it, starting to his plate with the prize. Harry tried, but he hardly raised the wand when it, too, was snatched back by Mr. Ollivander. No, no, he, Ebony, and Unicorn Hat, Aiden, Hat, Hankish, Bunny, go on and fight us. Harry tried and tried. He had no idea what Mr. Ollivander was waiting for. The pile of wands was mounting higher and higher on the spinning chair, but the more one Mr. Ollivander pulled from the shelf, the happier he seemed to become. Tricky customer, eh? Not to worry, we'll find the perfect match here somewhere. I wonder now, yes, why not? An unusual combination. Holly and Phoenix are the elementaries. Nice and supple. Harry took the wand. He felt a sudden warmth in his fingers. He raised the wand above his head, brought it swishing down through the dusty air, and a stream of red and gold sparks shot from the end like fireworks, throwing dancing spots, dancing spots of light onto the walls. Hybrid whooped and clapped, and Mr. Ollivander cried, Oh, bravo, yes indeed, oh, very good, well, 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 how curious, how very curious. He put Harry's wand back into his box and wrapped the brown paper, still muttering, Curious, curious, curious. Sorry, Harry said, but what's curious? Mr. Ollivander fixed Harry with his pale stare. I remember every one I've sold, Mr. Potter, and every single wand. It just so happens that the phoenix, whose tail feather is in your wand, gave another feather. Just one other. It's very curious, indeed, that you should be destined for this wand. When its feather was, why, indeed, its feather gave you that scar. Harry swallowed. He has thirteen and a half, you, yes, thirteen and a half inches, you. Curious, indeed, how these things happen in the wands, too. The wizard, remember? I think we all must accept the the great things from you. Expect great things from you, Mr. Potter. After all, he has the name the great things. Terrible, yes, but great. Harry shivered. He wasn't sure he liked Mr. Ollivander too much. He paid seven gold galleons for his wand, and Mr. Ollivander bowed them from a shop. The late afternoon sun hung uh, hung low in the sky as Haggard. <laughs> as Hagrid, sorry, as ha- Harry and Hagrid 
made their way back down from by the wall. Harry didn't speak at all as they walked on the road. He didn't even notice how much people were gawking at them on the underground line as they were as they were with fun all their funny shaped packages. With a snowy owl asleep in its cage on Harry's lap. Up another escalator out into Paddington Station, Harry only realized where they where where they were when Hagrid tapped on the shoulder. Got Got time for bite to eat before your train leaves, so he said. He bought Harry a hamburger and they sat down on, a pl- on plastic seats to eat them. Harry kept looking around. Everything looked so strange somehow. You all right, said Harry. You're very quiet, said Hagrid. He just thought he had the best birthday of his life, and yet he chewed his hamburger trying to find the words. Everyone thinks I'm special, he said at last. All those people in the leaky cauldron, Professor Coral, Mr. Ollivander. But I don't know anything about magic at all. How can they expect great things? I'm famous and I can't remember what I'm famous for. I don't even know what happened when Bull, sorry, I mean, the night my parents died. Hagrid leaned across the table. Behind the wild beard and eyebrows, he wore a very kind smile. Don't you worry, Harry. You'll learn fast enough. Everyone starts at the beginning. At Hogwarts, you'll be just fine. Just be yourself. I know it's hard. You've been singled out, and that's always hard. But you'll have a great time at Hogwarts. I did. Still do, as a matter of fact. Hagrid held Harry onto the train that would take him back to the Dursleys, then handed him an envelope. Your ticket for Hogwarts, he said. First of September. King's Cross. It's all on your ticket. Any problems with Dursleys, send me a letter with your owl. She'll know where to find me. See you soon, Harry. The train pulled out of the station. Harry wanted to watch Hagrid until he was out of sight. He rose into his seat and pressed his nose against the window, but he blinked and Hagrid had gone. That's all for today. And now, Bill with the outro. Okay. So, thank you for listening to our (coughs) podcast, and we will soon be going to the chapter with the Hogwarts Express, and... Uh, Can I please speak for this part of the intro? Uh, Folks will be now going... Outro, sorry. Uh, Folks, uh, just so you know, after this book, we've been... Reminding you constantly and constantly every week on every episode, we are going to go ahead and read The Pushcart War, folks, as our next book instead of going to read Harry Potter. Uh, we've decided to do this because we want to mix mix up the books we're reading. Folks, sorry about if you want to read the second book, but please, this podcast is not for that. It is for the re-enjoyment of the books. Uh, and also, folks, I have to say uh, one thing about our podcast. Uh, we are sorry we haven't been recording, but we'll, we're trying to make it up, folks. And also, uh, we won't be reading, we'll be reading Harry Potter books on and off because of, because people, because not, because, not everyone. Because Harry Potter books are great and all, but, um. Not everyone. Some, some people just don't like the amount of, well, just, some people just don't like them. 
Okay. I mean, I can Thank understand. Thank you. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Bye, folks. Bye.